I have a question. Are you mowing in the dark? Welcome back to the Mowing in the Dark podcast. I am your host, Aaron Sutter. Thank you for tuning in to another Faith Friday episode. Guys, I am sorry that I have not put out any other podcast episodes this week. Uh, If you can't hear it in my voice, I have been sick all week. I contracted the cold that my wife had and my youngest son had, and it's been, it's just been bad this whole week. So today I feel pretty good. But I sound a little nasally, and my nose is probably going to start running, and I'll probably have to start coughing here in the middle of this episode. But we're going to keep, we're going to move forward because these Faith Friday episodes are important. And so that, you know, we're going to continue on. Now, I have to say, I'm going to give you a little rundown of the day today, what's going to go on. So today, We are expecting a big snowstorm. There's a storm rolling across the northern part of the the country, and it's hitting Indiana, Illinois, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Ohio. It's just rolling across here, and so we're expecting like uh, anywhere between like three inches to 12 inches of snow. Uh, They really don't know. So, and and part of it could turn over to rain is they don't know, but we are expecting snow and it's supposed to be blizzard-like conditions here for a little while. I know up northern Michigan in Gaylord, they have a blizzard warning in effect. So they're definitely going to get a blizzard conditions up there. But here in Lansing area, where I'm at, we are, as it often happens, the, the storm is kind of sectioned off. Like there's a middle part, which is the most snowiest, and that's going just north of us. But we're right on that bottom edge of the storm. And so we could get, you know, any amount of snow. We just don't know. And then we're in, we're just in that lighter section outside of the snowiest section of the storm. So, and there's going to be blowing. It's going to be like 30 mile an hour sustained winds with gusts up to 50 miles an hour. It's just going to be bad. And we had a storm like this uh, Christmas on Christmas Eve last year. And so Christmas Eve last year, my whole family came out with me and we plowed a few driveways just to keep them open and uh, make sure that everyone could get to their holiday plans and things. And so what we did is we had some candy. So my boys would run up to the door and knock on the door and hand out candy and stuff. It was a really fun time. We had a really fun time as a family last year with a storm like this. Uh, we weren't getting as much snow with that storm as we are with this storm, but it was still drifting. And so we still had to, you know, take care of driveways and things like that. So we did that last year. It's going to be the same thing this year. It's going to be drifting. However, this storm is coming a little later in the day. So it's going to snow for a while here. I probably won't start work until five, five o'clock or so, maybe four. 
just depending on how much snow is actually on the ground and accumulated on the roads, uh, depending on when I start plowing. Because this is going to be a long storm. This storm is going to go, we're going to get snow from uh, this afternoon, like 1 o'clock, it's going to start snowing really good. And then it's going to snow all the way through Sunday afternoon. So this is a long extended storm that's going to, it's going to be blowing today. Then it's going to calm down a little bit tomorrow. And then Sunday it will calm down a little bit more, but we're still going to be getting all that snow. So I'm, I'm still struggling with knowing how to attack this storm, whether I should wait until tomorrow morning to go out and plow, because we're only going to get maybe four inches overnight. We'll, we'll see, because like I said, we don't know. Or should I go out this afternoon and start plowing and then come back home, take a nap or sleep for a few hours, and then go back out tomorrow morning and clear it all again and and keep things open and running and so that's the way i'm leaning right now i don't want to do that but that's you know my flesh wants to wait until morning and do it all at once but my mind says we probably should kind of stay with the storm and clear as we go as this storm goes because you never know how much you're going to get. So anyway, that's where I'm at right now. My brain is just focused on this storm and when I need to start work and things like that. But I'm going to try to shift my mind and we're going to try to focus on God's word here. Another thing that I started, uh, it was New Year's Day, I think, or the day after New Year's. So it was, a, no, it was New Year's Day. So on Monday. Um, I actually started a new diet and I started the carnivore diet. If you've never heard of the carnivore diet, basically you just eat meat or animal products. So no other stuff, no vegetables, nothing. It's just meat, meat and meat products. So, um, if it comes from a, from an animal, you can eat it except for milk. You really, because milk is inflammatory. The carnivore diet is to help with inflammation in your body and things like that. Some people do it for a long period of time, uh, like years and years and years. I watched a YouTube video of a guy that's been carnivore for 30 years, um, and he's very healthy, very lean, things like that. Um, and then there's other people that do it for like 30 to 90 days just to get rid of that inflammation. And uh, the if you go back to eating the normal way, though, that inflammation will come back. So I'm trying this out. I've been doing it since New Year's Day and sticking to it. I eat like two meals a day um, and I'm always full. Uh, I have to remind myself to eat because otherwise I just, I feel fine. I don't, I don't think I need to eat, but I do need to eat. So um, the, I started that new thing and going strong, uh, so far in a week and a half, I've lost eight pounds, which is pretty sweet. Um, and I'm excited about that and I'm tracking my blood pressure cause I've, I've had high blood pressure in the past and have had, had to take medication for it. So I've been tracking my blood pressure and it is steadily going down in the right direction. So I'm happy about that. So 
with all that being said, I'm just I'm catching up from not doing any podcasts during the week, catching you up on my life and what I've been doing. Guys, let's jump into Faith Friday today. Uh, we are in the book of Acts, and the way I do Faith Friday, it's not like a bio, it's not like a normal Bible study, like you would go through a Bible study book. No, we take a book of the Bible and we go chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and we dig through it and see what we can just figure out on it. And um, you know, I'm not a Bible scholar. I didn't go to Bible school. I don't have any biblical training. I just love the Word of God, and I like sharing it with people. And so I may say something that's not right. I might say something that you don't agree with. I might say something that I don't agree with. I've done that before. Uh, Once I have said it and I listen back to the episode, I'm like, oh, man, I shouldn't have said that. I don't agree with that. It is what it is, man. This is live. I don't edit these episodes. So it, it is what it is. So with all that being said, we are in Acts chapter 3. So if you're at home and you want to, you can grab your Bible, follow along. I, I would appreciate that because you can actually see where I'm at in the Word. You can see the words in the Bible. Now, I read out of the NIV. You might have a different translation. That's absolutely fine. I actually encourage you to use a different translation because... Um, I use an, a 1980s version NIV, and the newest version of the NIV, they've kind of changed it a little bit, and I don't like that translation. So that is what it is. Let me cough here a minute. All right, I'm back. I did a little bit more than cough. I had to go get some water and stuff like that. So thank you for allowing me that that uh, little break there. Um I don't know what I was saying, but let's jump into Acts chapter 3. And the way I do this is I start at verse 1 and I read the whole chapter. And then we go back to the beginning and we go through it verse by verse. Okay, so on this, in this particular chapter, I may take like a whole section and just summarize it because there's some large overarching ideas with some of this in chapter 3. Um, I don't know. We'll try to go verse by verse, but I may just have to do an overarching type thing with at least the first section here. But let's jump into it. Let's see what we can bring out. Acts chapter 3. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from these from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him and did as did John. Then Peter said, "Look at us." So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. 
when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the beggar held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus." You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given his complete healing to him, as you can all see. Now, brothers, I know that you you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that Jesus, that, I'm sorry, saying that his Christ would suffer. Repent, then, and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Christ, who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. He must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Everyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from among his people. Indeed, all the prophets from Samuel on, as many as as have spoken, have foretold these days. And you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all people on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. And that ends Acts chapter 3. I apologize for some of the reading mistakes. Uh man, <laughs> there's times when I feel like I need to cough or, or clear my throat or just swallow. And <laughs> it, it became really difficult. Let me get a drink of water here real quick. All right. So if you have been listening to this Acts series, then you would know that this sounds a lot like what Peter just did after the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. It's very much the same type of message that Peter is giving to this crowd as he did to the crowd that gathered after Pentecost. All right. And so um, this is basic. He's basically just sharing the same message over and over again. And he's using the same 
kind of analogy. So let's start at verse 1. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. All right, so they're Peter and John, they're just heading to the temple, as always, because those that were in the early church, this, we're, in the, we're now in the church age, okay? And so we just came out of the, I don't know what you call it, the, the law age? I don't, I forget what it's called. But anyway, we're in the church age now, in the book of Acts. We're now in the church age. And so the early church believers, the believers in Jesus Christ, they would still go to the temple you know, to get fellowship and things like that. They would also meet in, every, in each other's homes, but they would also go to the temple. Um, that This was a time of learning for them, learning how to, to be the church, the body of Christ, because this is a very new thing. So Peter and John are going to the temple at three in the afternoon. Verse two, now a man, a man, now a man crimp, crippled from birth, was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was go- was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. A lot of times, if you read through the Gospels, this is often a story of someone that's begging. There's someone that's begging outside the temple or outside the city gate. Maybe they're un- ceremonially unclean. They have to be outside the city, so they're, they're at the city gate. Um Oftentimes people would go and, and sit in front of the temple or places that were visited often to beg. We see that today, right? We see people begging in cities and things like that on the subway. There were ever large amounts of people accumulate, right? Because that's where they're going to have the best opportunity to get money. So this guy, he's carried to the temple every single day. And, and he's begging to get some money because he's crippled. He can't walk. He can't work, right? So he's there to get money. Verse 3, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Because he didn't know who these guys were. He had no idea who Peter and John were. Verse 4, Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. Okay, so this something, I thought about something when I read this for the first time. If you've ever seen somebody begging on a street or in the subway, they quite often do not make eye contact with anyone. They're, they're a little ashamed. They're, they're usually dirty or smelly. Now, there's some people that will go beg and they, they make a lot of money. I mean, a lot of money. There are people that can make a, a living begging, like more money than you and I make. Um, someone told me a story one time of a lawyer that they knew who would, to make side cash, would go out and panhandle in the subway of Chicago. This guy quit being a lawyer to panhandle because he made more money panhandling than he did being a lawyer. So you can make a lot of money begging. Okay. So, but this guy in the Bible times, usually if someone was begging, they were begging because they had a physical deformity, a physical ailment that kept them from working. So this is the only way this guy could make any money at all. And in that culture, it was shameful 
not to work. Like it was shameful. And so this guy most likely was not making eye contact with anyone. He was looking down. Maybe he had his head covered. And Peter looks straight at him and he says, look at me. He says, look at us. He calls this guy out of his shame. He calls him out of his shame and he says, look at us. Make eye contact with us. Look at me. Verse 5. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. So he was expecting, okay, these guys, you know, they're a little different. Maybe they're going to, maybe they'll give me a little money and they just want me to look at them. I don't know. But he did it anyway. Verse 6. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have, but what I have, I give you. So he first, Peter calls this guy. He says, look at us, throw off your shame, make eye contact with me. Look at me, look me in the eye. And then he says, silver or gold, I don't have. This guy's heart probably dropped like, oh, what are you doing this for, man? Why why are you making me look at you? And then you're telling me you're not going to give me anything. But then he says, then Peter says, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Now, what do you think this guy was thinking? What in the world do you think that was going through this guy's head? He's probably thinking, are you crazy, man? I ain't walked my whole entire life. And now you're telling me walk? Come on, man. Are you serious? You're going you're gonna to treat me like this? I'm sitting here. I'm a cripple. I'm ashamed. I can't even work. And you're going to tell me walk. Come on, man. But listen, verse 7 taking him by the right hand. So Peter reached down and he took him by the right hand. He helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. So this guy probably heard of Jesus of Nazareth, but probably had never heard of Peter or John. So he's thinking, okay, maybe maybe these guys are some of his followers. Maybe maybe they have the power of Jesus. But again, he saw Jesus killed, right? So our, he heard that Jesus was crucified. Taking him by the hand, verse 7, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. So obviously... In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, this person was healed. This was not Peter or John that did the healing. It was Jesus. Well, really, it was the Holy Spirit, but in in the name of Jesus, right? All right, uh, verse 8. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. So this guy who went from shame, downtrodden, thinking of himself as low as dirt, 
these these two guys come along. They say, in the name of Jesus Christ, walk. And they take him by the arm and he gets up and he walks and his ankles and legs become strong. Wouldn't you jump and, and just, I mean, I'd be praising God too, right? Verse 9. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, verse 10, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. This is a story that happens all the time in 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 the church, okay? Now, not not people being physically healed necessarily. But when someone comes to Christ, they start praising God and they start, they start just worshiping him and people around them who knew this person before start seeing that, Hey, this person's different. They're way different. Like they're totally different. Like what is going on here? People saw him. They're like, they, they looked at him with wonder and amazement and wondered at what had happened to him. That's the same thing when we come to Christ and our friends are looking on like, whoa, what happened to you, man? And, and sometimes it, it's off-putting, right? We saw this in stories in, with Jesus, that Jesus would heal somebody and the Pharisees would scoff and they would be angry that Jesus healed someone rather than being like, whoa, that guy's different. They're like, man, he healed him on the Sabbath. That is outrageous. That's work. They they didn't get it. But the people that are watching this guy jumping and, and singing and, and praising and, and just jumping around like a crazy person, they're like they're amazed. And they want to know what happened. And now Peter is going to go into what happened. Verse 11. While the beggar held on to Peter and John. Now, one thing I wonder here, why did he have to hold on to Peter and John? If his legs got strong and he was jumping and praising God, why did he have to hold on to Peter and John? I'm not sure. Anyway. Verse 11, while the beggar held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. Um, Let me look at my commentary here. Let's see if it says anything about verse 11 here really quick. Uh, Here we go. As the healed man held on to Peter and John, as to his as to his physicians, all the people ran together at Solomon's porch. Um, it's another word for Solomon's colonnade, a portion of the temple area. Their amazement and wonder proved the opportunity for Peter to preach to them. So it doesn't really say other than this guy was holding on to them. Maybe it's like because Peter and John brought the healing through through Jesus or whatever that he held on to them and was like thank you so much thank you you know something like that who knows i don't know commentary doesn't say verse 12 when peter saw this he said to them so he he saw an opportunity god opened a door god is using this crippled man and this healing to preach to preach the as an opportunity to preach the gospel and so peter's taking it here um, 
Verse 12, when Peter saw this, he said to them, men of Israel, so these are Israelites, these are Jews, why does this surprise you? Why are you? Why do you stare at us as if our own power or godliness, or, I'm sorry, I'm struggling now. Verse 12 again, when Peter saw this, he said to them, men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness, we had made this man walk? So the, the Jews are looking at them like, these guys, these, they are like magicians or something. They made this guy walk. And Peter's asking them, like, why are you looking at us like this? And he's going to tell them. He's going to tell them. Verse 13, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though you had decided to let him go, or though he had decided to let him go. Peter's just reiterating the crucifixion story here. All these Jewish people would have known about Jesus. All right. And Peter is saying, the God of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, every single person, every Jew that is there listening to this would absolutely know who Peter is talking about. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. These are the forefathers of the Jewish faith. These guys are looked up to in the faith as like they are the heroes, right? The God of our fathers has glorified his servant, Jesus. Now they're they're starting to get a little offended here now because they're like, what? You handed him over to be killed. Peter's accusing them here. He's like, this is what you guys did. And you disowned him before Pilate, though he, Pilate, had decided to let him go. Verse 14, you disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. Peter is like, I mean, if you were a pastor today and you went and did something kind of like this, where everyone knew what you were talking about, like they would pick up the pews and throw them at you. Like they would drag you out of the church. Like, who are you to say this to me? Right. But the, the power of the Holy Spirit is speaking through Peter here. All right. So these people are like attentive because some of these people would have heard Peter say in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, people know who this is. There were p other people called Jesus. There was not anyone else called Jesus Christ. And there certainly wasn't anyone else called Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So these people knew who Peter was talking about. All right. And he is telling them what they did, what they did to Jesus. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer, which was Barabbas, be released to you. Verse 15, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. He's telling them, you, you guys, the Jewish people, you guys, you killed the author of life. You killed him. But 
there's good news. He's bringing in the good news now. But God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. Verse 16, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. So this man, the crippled man, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you can all see. Peter is like, you guys killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and now you're seeing the fruit of that right here in front of your eyes. This crippled man was healed by that man, Jesus, because he raised from the dead. And now Peter's going to change his tune a little bit here in verse 17. Let's keep going. Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance. He's saying, I know you guys didn't know what you were doing. I know you didn't know what you were doing. I I know you didn't know that Jesus was the author of life. I know that you know that didn't know that Jesus was the son of God. You were ignorant as did your leaders. Verse 17 again. Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. So even even the Jewish leaders acted in ignorance. That's what he's saying. Verse 18. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Christ would suffer. All right, so the prophets, if you don't know the Bible, that's fine. I'm going to go over it here with you. There are prophets that came in the Old Testament that God sent in the Old Testament to the Israelites, and they proclaimed that there would be a Savior to come. And that's what Peter's saying here. And the, the Jews at that time, because the Bible is an, an overly Jewish book, they would know what Peter was saying here that the prophets foretold the coming of Jesus and they foretold that Jesus would be killed and that he would raise again to life. All right. Verse 19, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord. He's calling them. He's begging them at this point. Repent, ask for forgiveness, turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out so that your ignorance in the killing of the author of life may be wiped out and that times of refreshing from the Lord may come. Verse 20, and that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. So Peter is telling, telling them like, repent. Israel's got to repent because if Israel, the nation of Israel does not repent, Christ isn't going to come back until they do so. So he's saying repent because if, if they, if the nation of Israel would have repented at this point, Christ would have returned. That's hard to grasp, wrap your brain around, but that is what, that's what they're saying. That's what Peter's saying. If, if 
the nation of Israel would have repented right here, right now, at this specific spot, Christ would have returned. He would have come back. But they did not repent. Okay, uh, let's see. Uh, and that, verse 20, and that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Verse 21, he must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. Again, he's turning, he's, he's always going back to the prophets because that's what the Jewish people know. All right. And so he's saying, Jesus fulfilled this stuff. And, and, and if you would repent, he would come back. Verse 22, for Moses said, so now he's going to the prophets and he's quoting them. For Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Verse 23, anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from among his people. Moses was one of these prophets. And he said, you must listen to this person, Jesus Christ, the Savior. You've got to listen to him. And if you don't, you will be completely cut off from among his people. The, Peter is just sharing the gospel with them at this point. Repent and believe on Jesus. Verse 24, indeed, all the prophets from Samuel, so Samuel was one of the prophets, from Samuel on, as many as have spoken, so all the prophets, every single prophet that God sent spoke about the coming of Jesus. As many as have spoken have foretold these days. Verse 25, and you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. He's reiterating to them because the Old Testament, the prophets, the, the first five books of the Bible, that's what the Jews know. And so they are listening intently here because he's telling them, you're the heirs of the prophets. You're the children of the prophets. They're your forefathers. And you're part of the covenant that God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, Abraham, the father of many generations, the father of Israel. He, you're going to be, God said to Abraham, your descendants will be as many as the grains of sand on the earth as many as the stars in heaven. That's how many descendants you're going to have. Have These people are descendants of Abraham. That's what Peter's saying to them. Through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. So if you believe on Jesus Christ, that is the promise, right? That you will be blessed. Verse 26, final verse here. When God raised up his servant, which is Jesus, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. So Jesus tried to turn the people of Israel from their wicked ways. And now 
They have to believe. They have to believe. That's what Peter is saying. And it's just, it's falling on deaf ears. Again, the, I think the main takeaway here from this particular chapter, as, as we're coming to a close here, is that if, if the nation of Israel would have repented, Jesus would have come back that very day, that very hour. But they did not repent. And we're going to see in chapter 4 that not only did they not repent, but Peter gets arrested and he gets taken before the Sanhedrin, which is like the Jewish court or whatever, and and they are going to question him. And it, he's going to preach some more. And we're going to see in chapter 4 what Peter has to say. But for now, we're done for today. Guys, my voice is starting to go. So guys, thank you for listening to this. I hope you got something out of it. I hope I hope that you learned a little something here. Acts is kind of more all put together. It's all strung together as one long story. And so it, it stinks to have to break it up like this in chapters. But if we didn't, it'd be really long. So um, I thank you for listening, guys. I hope you get some some good stuff out of this. I love reading through the book of Acts. I have read through the book of Acts so many times from the time I was a teenager until an adult. I'm reading through it again. And it's it's just awesome to see the church starting to come together and how it was formed and how it was built, how how Peter and a lot of the disciples we're trying to witness to the Jews, trying to get them to accept Jesus Christ. Many of them did. Many of them did not. And they're trying to really convert the whole nation of Israel because that will bring Jesus back. Like Jesus will come back once Israel repents. And to, the, to this day, they have not. And so until they do, Jesus is not going to return. So we need to pray for the repentance of Israel. We got we to gotta pray for that on a daily basis. We got to pray that Israel would repent and, and believe on Jesus Christ. So if there's nothing else that you take away from this today, take that away, that we need to pray for Israel and pray that they would repent. All right. So that's it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Again, I really hope you got something out of this. I, I find it just so exciting just to share it with you guys. Um, the, the, the excitement that you hear in my voice when I'm reading, that is not a put on. Like, I, I'm not manufacturing that. I, I actually feel that. Like, my heart is like jumping within my chest as I'm reading this to you. It's just, it, it's wonderful. I love reading the Word of God. And it's like when you read it out loud, it comes to life a little bit more. So I just love it. I, I love sharing this with you guys. And I hope you guys enjoy these episodes and get something out of it. If you do, share it with someone that that you know. Um, they don't even have to be in the lawn care community. They don't have to appreciate lawn care content. They can just listen to the Faith Friday episodes. Um, um, it's my prayer, 
on a daily basis that these Faith Friday episodes will make their way into countries that don't allow the Bible, like China and places like that, that people would be able to download this. It's a lawn care podcast. So that they would be able to download it and get the Bible into their ears. That's my prayer. And I hope you guys pray that too, because it, it, this podcast has reached other countries and I, I, I am hoping that it reaches the ears of people that need to hear God's word. So anyway, that's my, that's, that's all I have for today, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Come back next week when we jump into Acts chapter four. All right, guys, thanks for listening. And I will see you in the next episode.